0: <laughs> and you and you can't stack two-hour energy, aura. Right?
1: no, it's five hours.
0: Five, oh, you I mean, can't stack five-hour energy. You
2: it's can stack that. a five-hour and a two-hour, though. Is that true? <laughs> I think. Uh, I, mean, I think it depends on which version of the rules you're using. You have to Vegas bomb it inside of another opener container uh, that has a higher potency.
1: So like a, like pure syrup from the bib.
2: It's one it's like those uh, jizz in the pool like drink shots. Alright, I'm done with this. Whatever's to, happening. You have to get it in like a certain consistency, otherwise the alcohol like dilutes itself.
0: Like, I'm not sure if in fifth edition they still have like like boost categories like they did in third. Mm-hmm. Like in third you definitely had to have like you would have your energy drink bonus and then your magic item bonus and then your etc. <laughs> and they don't they you can only apply the highest of any particular bonus.
2: So it, speaking so. of exactly that, that's a perfect transition because <laughs> right before I left, I showed Haley the shockmaster video <laughs> and we were deciding what the like character alignment and the charting would be for all of the people involved in that video. And I feel I told her I was like, I think overall for, for anybody who's gonna be a WWE character, max out your strength stats. Mm. Uh do the rest of the array, whatever you want, and then you keep some of your wisdom, but sacrifice all of your intelligence for more charisma, and that's your basic, perfect re- recipe for any WWE character.
0: And Ric Flair is chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. He is the most chaotic evil of anybody ever. <laughs> he just does anything. <laughs> Ric Flair in your bins. Hello, listeners. Welcome to D&D Talk. Josh Woo! and Cody. While Aura flips through comics in the background. Welcome I don't, to Dungeon Summer
1: Slam. I don't know what's happening anymore.
0: <laughs> there was an official WWE uh, RPG is... released in the heyday of the third edition OGL.
2: Aura is always talking about getting us to wear cheerleader outfits, but he's the only one not wearing body-tight lycra this episode.
1: Ah. (laughs) Look, you guys put it on the Facebook thing, and I don't check that very
2: often. I had three different outfits to pick from for this show. (laughs) You just
0: happened to own them. It wasn't like you went out and purchased anything. Yeah, no,
2: absolutely. Like,
0: listeners don't know this, but like 90% of Cody's wardrobe, body-tight lycra Uh,
2: Absolutely. I wear it under my clothes. It makes me feel like a superhero. La la. <laughs> he wears he wears a body tight lycra and tearaway pants. There are dozens of us, <laughs>
0: dozens. <laughs>
2: tearaway pants. Uh,
0: yes. Welcome to that podcast we'll never do, <laughs> where we start our podcast with meandering bullshit because that's the tradition. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it is a long and history
2: tradition, much like WWE and other <laughs> podcasts
0: before us. I am the evil promotion owner, Josh. Uh, with me is my ne'er-do-well son, Aura. <laughs> and joining us from parts unknown, Cody. Bonesaw, he's ready! <laughs> Everybody do your best, Macho
2: Man. I've got three minutes yeah. in the ring with you.
1: Snap into a slim
2: Jim. Ooh, it's, it's the biggest cream of the crop.
0: <laughs> Macho Man is the best wrestler to do an impression of.
2: So, oh, yeah.
0: So people who've been listening to this podcast might uh, have guessed that this is something of a, of a wrestle theme episode. <laughs> um, yep, it is. But I guess before we get into that, I should ask Aura, uh, you know, where is this business found?
1: I don't Somewhere on the internet, I'm sure if you <laughs> poke our, around, you'll find it. Our business or wrestling?
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> All of it. Wrestling is
2: found in the hearts of children in dirty backyards without grass across the country, everywhere. <laughs> wrestling
0: is uh, found in the office of the director of uh, small businesses in the White House. <laughs>
2: beef supreme <laughs> president Kamacha
0: factual at uh, least at least two members of this administration have eaten a stone cold stunner uh, factual well, why is this happening
1: oh god well if you wanted more of this and lord knows why you could go to that podcast productions dot fireside dot fm
0: yep and there'll be more about the socials later in the show So, uh, before we get any further, I guess I should say there are swears and spoilers. So, uh, I don't know, if you're one of those uh, wimpy, effete types, if you're a pencil neck geek and you can't take that kind of shit,
2: then maybe buzz off before I give you the crusher. If you're worried about us spoiling, you know, 40, 50 years of professional wrestling, uh, you got a lot of catching up to do. Uh, there's some really good highlight reels. I would recommend that as opposed are we, to 50 Years of Wrestling. Are we we'll gonna watch be... Botchamania,
0: which is the fun part.
1: Well, as far as spoilers go, are we going to be kayfabe or no? <laughs> Did I, mean, I use that properly? Yeah. Great! <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're always kayfabe on this show. That's, that's my, uh,
0: now we have Lycra body suits in there, so we'll have to remember that as well.
2: Makes sense. <laughs> uh, so, Cody, what are we doing this week? Uh, we're we're putting face paint on and uh, trying to convince people we're not juggalos. <laughs> oh, for the show! Oh, um, we uh, we read two wait, we're books. We're not juggalos. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different episode. Wait, wait three weeks for the our dark carnival episode. <laughs> Ooh,
0: ICP comics versus twisted comics. Mmm.
1: Right. Re- put it what on the list. What is juggalo? I don't know.
2: Um. So we read two different books, uh, or comic books. Uh, I have a hard time reading, reading. Uh, one is The Comic Book Story of Professional Wrestling by Aubrey Sitterson and Chris Moreno. And then the other is a series of uh, Boom Comics, or produced by Boom Comics, that is just W.W. Uh, then, Now, Forever. And uh, that was written by Hopeless. Do you know his first name? Dennis uh, Dennis, Dennis Hopeless, Hopeless. yeah. He goes by Favorite Dennis Hallam now. <laughs> you get he goes by what?
1: Dennis Hallam. Why? H-A-E. Probably because it's his real name. Oh, okay. And oh. Hopeless was not. I imagine. Wow.
0: And I hoped that Hopeless was his real name because that would have been pretty awesome. I always loved that. About <laughs> just looking at the spine of a comic and just seeing Hopeless on it, I was always like, man, that's
2: badass. It's yeah. like whenever I look at comics and I see Crank with an exclamation point. It's like, I know that that dude is just a letterer, but uh, that's a cool name. Cool pen name. <laughs> or a film. Um <laughs> hey, two great, great films. Holy yep. shit. Can we plug crank real quick on our WWE? I haven't seen the second one. Oh. I have a copy of it. The first one is great.
1: <laughs> uh, if you've seen the first one. The second one's the same thing, but more of it. Yes, no, yes. I, I I, it's a movie I have for a rainy day. Yeah,
0: <laughs> because I'm guessing that I know what's going to happen. <laughs> My guessing is that the man runs around and punches real good.
1: And they shock him with shit. Mm-hmm.
0: That was that was part of that that era. There was sort of perfect action movie era for a while with that and like shoot 'em up and like stuff like that that are just like oh, we don't really fucking care about the premise. Like it's just a dude, <laughs> and he's running around. Yeah. And there's a uh, there's punch fights.
1: <laughs> you know, I I'm not a this will come as a shock to you, uh, given how we handle wrestling episodes. I'm not super into uh, I'm not super into action heroes either in action movies. But Jason Statham seems to like oh. hit that hit that button for me.
2: Jason Statham gets that That's like good. <laughs> he I feel like the best, uh, especially for this episode. I think it's good to talk about like the best action movies come off in a format that is like perfect comic book things. Sure. And I feel like the inverse is also true. Like really good action movies, you'll like look and suddenly like, "Oh, I didn't realize Red was a comic book." Or like all, you know, yeah. there's a bunch of other examples that I can't think of off the top of my it's head. The Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> right, The Boys. The Boys.
0: Which one do we want to start with? Do we want to do the history one or do we want to do the
2: Um, feel you know, history probably. Might as well. Ooh. That feels like good podcast setup. Lay the groundwork. Who wants to run us through? Josh, you want to run us through? You know you want to run us.
0: <laughs> Josh busting Orr. through. Although I'm going to... I know at least for Ora, I'm going to have to interrupt the WWE one with the explanations about what it's actually about. Reportedly. Quick, quick
2: question. Good God, but yes. Before, <laughs> before we get really into it, we have often on this show talked about uh, the... The hummings of popular songs that we legally really shouldn't be doing. There are a lot of things in wrestling. Do those fall under fair use? The phrases and the the, uh, musical stings.
0: I mean, if we're reviewing it, then it falls under fair use. Ah, good. because I Also, uh, if we have no money, which we don't, there's no point in
2: suing us. I don't want John Cena's estate to come after me, because I'm. Yeah. Well, I just, it's, look, if John
0: Cena in. could sue people for doing the Duke Duner do, then he <laughs> would be in jail. He'd well, be in a debtor's d- prison.
1: I mean, I'm less worried about him suing us and more worried about him bouncing us from iTunes or something. <laughs> they do I'm just worried about, about him bouncing us from the stuff. top rope. Well, they do for the music, though.
2: Yeah, but we're not. I'm not actually doing the music stuff. I mean, like, I'm going to say do, 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 do.
1: Do, 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 do.
2: You think you know me? Um, What's another one?
1: I'm an ass man. (laughs) Do
0: you remember Mr. Ass? I do not. You don't remember Mr. Ass? Or do you remember Mr.
1: Ass? Uh, was wait, no, hang on. This is, this is kind of flooding back to me for a minute.
0: It was, it was during the Attitude Era, this guy yes. named Billy Gunn, who used to be part of a tag team called the New Age Outlaws, and then he split <laughs> up, and his new gimmick was that he was Mr. Ass. <laughs> and his song, his song went, "I'm an ass man." We talked there... about all the things he liked to do to asses.
1: I was just gonna say, wasn't there like some sort of like finishing move involving like uh, that was
0: Rikishi who did
1: that. That was oh. a different.
0: There was definitely an ass who did the stink face, where yes. where he would he would. And Rikishi was a larger Samoan gent. Uh, he would put <laughs> you against the rope so that you're in that sloped down position, and then he would like pull his tight thong up against his uh, his, his brown eye, and then rub his. Uh, Jesus, Rub his rub his butt cheeks over your face and reportedly would really do it. Like, really get
2: your nose in there. Typical warfare in wrestling is fucking and unforgivable. People, people did not care for that. I don't want to get a <laughs> literal direct pink eye from somebody's brown eye. Mm. <laughs> the Attitude Era was, uh, was something. <laughs> it's, it's
0: weird how many people are nostalgic for that. <laughs> and I'm not saying there wasn't anything good in that era because there was, but you know. Right. It was also that.
1: (laughs) What are some of the things that led up to the Attitude Era, Josh?
0: (laughs) Are you talking about the comic book story of professional wrestling? (laughs) Which is just that. It's a history of professional wrestling that walks us through uh, from its days as... I mean, it starts as far back as, like, Greco-Roman contest and stuff like that. But it really starts Hmm. to get into it. Nothing gay here. In the uh, the carnival era. (laughs) uh, Which is where a lot of wrestling came from. uh, In the... Traveling carnival era, you would have a strong man who would challenge audience members uh, in exchange for a purse. You know, of is, money.
2: Isn't this more like? Obviously, we've already made allusions to it, but isn't that kind of the original spot? Like the original '60s Spider-Man, like outline is the the wrestler that he is fighting is also part of like a traveling like <coughs> circuit uh, thing.
0: I think it's sort of, and there's certainly a challenge to it. But I think it's yeah. in the original issue. It is in like a a building. A stadium like, thing? okay. It, it's by the Territory era when yeah. Spider-Man came out. But it is definitely influenced by the idea that you would have a thing where you would pay an audience. But yeah. An audience member could beat a guy up. Mm. Uh, the thing is about those traveling <laughs> carnival shows is that sometimes audience members would win. And, and <laughs> yeah. carnivals aren't designed to give you money. <laughs> they are, in fact, a mechanism <laughs> to take money from you. <laughs> because that is how capitalism works. So... Often they would rig it by having somebody in the audience who was uh, who was a, a, a paid off person who would lose, or occasionally I guess possibly win, and then uh, and then give the money back
2: as an employee. Josh, are you telling me that? Carnies would lie to the public?
0: Yes, Carnies are dishonest. I'm Whoa. very sorry to any children listening that are finding this out. If if you take your children to like a state fair or a carnival, you are basically taking them to like a thieves' den. In the in the hope that they won't get stolen from you. And I'm not saying that's wrong, I'm just saying that's, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, certain styles started to emerge uh, this book talks a lot about catch wrestling which is a british thing i'm not sure if the if aubrey sidderson is british although that's a fucking britishy sounding name <laughs> um, but uh doesn't say on the back no, because lives lives in Los Angeles, California. Weird. But I don't know. i got to think that they come Nobody's, from... Nobody's... Yeah, I was about to say... No there, <laughs> there,
1: well, there was, a, there was a stress in that whole book on international sort of stuff. Yes, there stuff, is. So.
0: It, which is fair, because wrestling is an international thing, and there's the importance of uh, British... And Mexican and Japanese styles which are very right. important. ECW
2: and all sorts of other things like that,
0: too. That said, they talk about the importance of early catch wrestling is something that you particularly hear from British fans. Hmm. Because that's sort of their claim to importance in, uh, in in the wrestling world is the degree to which catch wrestling was a big thing over there. Hmm. Also known as catch as catch can. Uh... But yeah, it talks about the evolution of catch wrestling and its movement to the United States as it started to move out of carnivals and into larger, uh, into arenas instead, where it was just instead of doing this sort of risky, you know, this is a this is somebody from the audience con. Instead, the con was just that you were staging what you claimed were sporting competitions, but were not sporting competitions in that the outcome was prearranged. Mm. Uh, and it was run by a lot of scam artists, <laughs> as you might have guessed. Interesting. Uh, it's, it's similar. I think it's this is a a legend scam <laughs> artist. <laughs> definitely scam artist. I, I think this is where actually a comic book about pro wrestling makes a lot of sense because uh, comic books, as Or, I'm sure, can tell you, uh, definitely has its roots in scam artistry as well. <laughs> well, allegedly, a suspension of disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in that all, a lot of the people that owned early comic book companies were particularly... God-awful. Honest. Mm. Or, uh... Hucksters. Not connected to the mob.
1: <laughs> mm. True, true.
0: And it was very similar uh, with wrestling. Uh, so once you had these uh, these contests becoming more legitimized, more this idea of a, of a fight happening in a ring between contenders, uh we started to see the emergence of the idea, like the sort of moral economy that is at the heart of, in particular, American versions of pro wrestling. Uh, I I can't speak as much to international. I know Mexican wrestling, like Lucio Libre, definitely has a very strong moral economy as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Wherein you'd have the face role and the heel role, Mm -hmm. where one of the wrestlers is a good person, a, a stalwart hero, and the other
2: person is a horrible cheater. Well, it makes it uh like uh, that especially on that side, the whole like telenova aspect of it too, but especially I think is an easy bridge to then American style of it's it's easy to cheer on like i wanna say mindless violence, but it's not mindless it's easier to cheer for it when you when you can see somebody as like the the point blank good guy. Like, this person has been stealing money from orphanages to put gold rims on his hubcaps. Like, the more ridiculous it is, the more you're like, yeah, beat the piss out of that
0: guy. Yeah. Because when the fight is prearranged, what starts to emerge is a narrative. You're, you're telling a narrative with the match. <laughs> they dirt, uh, But it needs to be a very broad narrative because it's not being communicated as much through, through speech and dialogue. And the, the physical actions are limited to what you can do in a ring. Really? That's
2: interesting. Mm -hmm. What now? Uh, Aubrey Sitterson, that did uh, this uh, comic book of professional wrestling, also wrote No One Left to Fight, which was a recent comic uh, inspired kind of by Dragon Ball Z type stuff where it's it's like a space sci-fi comic where it's intergalactic heroes super powering up, blah, blah, blah. They've officially fought everybody in the known universe. And it's just like them sitting around like just wow. trying to figure out like how what to do with like the rest of their days.
0: Remind me of that after the podcast because I need to get a fucking copy of that. Yeah, Dory. <laughs> Damn, that sounds amazing. <laughs> uh anyway, uh what started to emerge is the the territory system. Mhm. After this as well, wherein uh different wrestling promotions as they're called uh would operate within specific physical boundaries, uh, and then sometimes they would send people between boundaries and stuff to, to work new territories and to, to bring fresh blood in. Uh, like, sort of, for instance, Ric Flair did a lot of that, wherein he would be, you know, he would be the out-of-town, horrible villain guy uh, who would just barely escape by cheating with his championship. Um, the idea of a territory system might sound kind of familiar to you, uh, because that's how the mob is allegedly organized. <laughs> and again, I don't think that's a coincidence. A <laughs> legal
2: counsel would like to double down on the phrase allegedly. <laughs> um,
0: meanwhile, I mean, and the thing is, I keep going back to talk about English wrestling, but honestly, there wasn't a lot of... A lot of what they say is that there isn't a ton of wrestling in the UK for a long time, which is why it makes me wonder about that.
2: Well, I mean, I... Where does the divergence come from uh, when when you get to i when I think of British stuff, I think of more boxing. Like obviously that is a completely separate entity to to the wrestling and the type that we're talking about today. But like whenever I think of British things, i it's immediately like fisticuffs. It's that dapper dan looking guy in a black and white picture with his, A boxers pulled all the way up to his nipples. Well,
0: that's that's catch his catch cam style, is uh, Ah. sort of a lot of brawling maneuvers mixed with, like, joint manipulation stuff, like pulling back fingers and stuff. Which, (laughs) which, honestly, uh, and a lot of British people are huge fans of it, and honestly, it looks pretty brutal in practice. Uh, Pete Dunne in the WWE uh, on NXT, I believe, uh, is, is a big performer of that style, and he is real brutal to watch in action.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's we can easily say that too now about this. I mean, everybody has this idea of, like, arguing back and forth, wrestling's fake, wrestling's not fake. Like, you can, in interviews with any of these people, I mean, they'll tell you, like, aspects of the show are staged, but getting hit with a chair is still getting fucking hit with a chair. Like, they're very top-tier, like, uh, athletic shape, like, best uh, physique of their life and then also like yeah. doing shit like this or or putting tax on the ring. I think predetermined is a better one which is I related to yeah. that, I
0: think there's a clip of a uh, Goldberg out there where his daughter where he tells his daughter it's uh, it's predetermined not mm. fake, or something like that. <laughs> um, I think predetermined is better because it is the outcome is arranged and people are attempting to do the moves in a safe way but you're still doing... Like, if you're doing a hurricanrana on somebody, like, if, if you guys don't know how to take the move properly, you could fucking permanently yeah. injure somebody. It's Wrestlers still... every day... Like, all kinds of wrestlers have had to retire due to permanent injury. Mm-hmm. Acquired doing this fake, quote-unquote, fighting because... Feats of strength. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you jump off, like, Shane McMahon jumped off the Titan Tron once, uh... That's not, like, whether it was a breakaway ground or not, it fucking hurts to fall, like, 20 or 30 feet.
2: Mick it's, Foley will attest to that.
0: Yeah, Mick Foley fell through the top of a cage under a bunch of tacks. And then there's when things go wrong. Like, there was a Shane McMahon bit where he was, I don't know if you've ever seen it, was he was fighting Kurt Angle and they were backstage and he was supposed to go through all these glass panes. Like in a row. Mm. There's supposed to be safety glass, which would be fucking hurtful enough, but right. one of them wasn't. Oh my god. <laughs> so he god. hit it and you just see him like hit it head first and just sort of Bonk. Oh. and fall down. And then there's like a pause and then he's and he, he's in a careful way indicates to do it again <laughs> and they do it again. Oh. You see people do shit if you watch enough wrestling that you're just like, I don't <laughs> Or one time when uh, McFoley, uh, he used to do a hang up, hung up in the ropes spot a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one time WCW fucked up and they'd uh, tightened the ropes because somebody else had complained about the ropes being too loose. They tightened them to maximum. Uh, so when he got hung up in the ropes, he couldn't unhang himself. Oh, fuck. So like the refs were over trying to help him out and shit. And he managed to get out shortly before he would have choked to death, I suppose. But he lost the top of his uh, left ear in the process because he couldn't get his whole head through uh, so the ref ran and grabbed his left ear and,
2: they, and then he finished the match with half his fucking ear off
0: forget it
2: that's <laughs> the other thing like these people are so fucking dedicated to like keeping the appearance like while this stuff is going on and that's some of like yeah. the, the greatest highlights are like these people just being troopers for the sake of the organization for the sake yeah. of the the uh, sports entertainment yeah
0: we should talk about the concept of kayfabe. I'm not, we've done other wrestling episodes on the previous incarnations of this podcast, but they're not up on the internet anymore at the moment. Um, kayfabe is this, it's, it's, it's basically the continuity of wrestling. It's the part of, of pro wrestling in which we say this is, you know, Hulk Hogan is really fighting with, with Lex Luger instead of these are two people that are working for a company to put on an entertainment for you. Uh, which is something that definitely goes back to Carney days.
1: Carney days, uh, where I
0: mean, I think in, in in Carney Kayfabe was just the you know you pretend that all of the that you're not scamming a bunch of people. So you're telling me uh, Fly Hawaiian isn't his real name? No. Wow. Uh, these days, and Kayfabe couldn't really survive in the the modern era, and it eventually just sort of died out uh, due to a, a, several different incidents. Um. But back in the day, people took it really seriously. There's, I think it was a Hulk Hogan story, where he was driving around with the wild Samoans,
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: uh, who, in kayfabe, couldn't speak English because they're wild and they're Samoan. Mm. I don't. No. that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like Samoa is <laughs> a territory of the U.S., I believe, and people there can speak English. But whatever, uh, people were a bit more racist back then too, I guess. Mm. Uh, so they got pulled over by the cops, and they found a, a handgun in the. In the glove box, uh, the handgun was actually registered to one of the Samoans, but uh, if they would have said, no, look, this is just, it's my registered handgun, and here's, here's my permission, etc cetera, mm-hmm. uh, they would be breaking kayfabe, so they didn't, they just, they went to jail. Wow. <laughs> and the road agents had to bail them out so that they could preserve kayfabe that they didn't know how to speak English.
2: That's amazing. Wow.
0: Uh, there's lots of stories of that in old school wrestling. My client cannot kind of speak shit.
2: English, but this handgun is registered in his name, and he is legally of sound to have filled all the paperwork out. And,
0: and the name is probably not his name uh, that he claims it is, <laughs> because he's... Uh... <laughs>
2: Look, we got to keep this
0: quiet. Uh,
2: <laughs> What's up? Uh, it appears that uh, this handgun is registered to Chaka from Land of the Lost. Is that one of you guys? <laughs> So
0: uh, other international styles that we talk about here—is uh, there a lot about lucha
1: libre? There, there was much more about the earlier stuff than lucha libre. I mean, and there is
0: a—I feel like they skip a, over lucha. There's a section, but I feel yeah. like they go over it.
2: I wasn't able to reread this for Not,
0: the show. I did it yeah. before, though.
2: Um, Just rewatch Nacho Libre. You get you get <laughs> all of the good beats for that one. Lucha Libre has a very
0: similar morality to U.S. wrestling, in that there's a good guy and who's a I think just a luchador, and then the bad guy who's the rudo.
2: <laughs> Somebody um, selling the orphanage.
0: <laughs> there's often a sort of Marxism, I think, to to uh, lucha mm, libre yeah. wrestling. Is it's very much about like here's this scheming evil rich man that has to be defeated by the the heroic uh, luchador, mm, the man uh, of the people. I believe there's also, sometimes they would have two referees, one of which would be a Rudo referee, who would always be, like, if the, the legit referee was looking away, would try and call the match in such a way as to benefit the, the villain. Mm. Uh, and I think sometimes Lucha would go two out of three falls instead of the standard American one fall. Mm. Um, but other than that, it's there's a similar... Oh, and masks, should I don't know talking about masks. The most... Well-known feature of Lucha Libre is that a great deal of performers wear masks, uh, which was a, a very big point of contention for a long time. Uh, El Santo, uh, one of the, the best-known uh, Mexican wrestlers, was buried in his mask.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and the public, uh, I, mean, I I think people figured it out eventually, but they never officially announced El Santo. Uh, he was also in a lot of
2: movies. <laughs> There's definitely, uh, I'm, there's lots of other things that lead to it too, but like as big as wrestling is part of our culture, I think it's funny that we're talking about comic book versions of these like wrestling stories because the whole like masked vigilante thing just like works so well in that sort of like building a story or a narrative for this uh this sort of thing. I I was thinking about it on the way over because not to date this episode, but there there's other big uh, sports things that are happening today, and I was thinking about how much more interested in football I would be if they also had kayfabe and they could uh, do a little bit more. <laughs> Legally, we're allowed for more victory dances and more smack, talk like public smack talk. Well, Good was, news
1: for you, Cody.
2: <laughs> the XFL is coming back. I saw. Oh, I saw.
3: <laughs>
0: I don't know if it will. I, I think one of the criticisms of the original XFL was that they did it wasn't they weren't prearranged games or anything, as far as anybody knows. Uh, but they tried to do things like Jesse Ventura was an announcer and he tried to have a feud with one of the one of the team owners. <laughs> who was apparently massively uninterested in the idea that he would be in a feud with an announcer and was just like, I don't fucking care.
2: What the fuck are you doing in the XFL Who
0: cares what this fucking bald idiot says? I'm trying to make a team win a
2: game. (laughs) (laughs) And they had footage
0: of, like, trying to sneak into cheerleaders' rooms and shit like that. All sorts of great Attitude Era bullshit. (laughs) Um... So the other international style that we talk about is uh, Japan and puroresu, which is uh, it sounds super racist, uh, but the thing is a lot of Japan enjoys loan words, particularly English loan words. uh, And pro-wrestling was apparently uh, Japanified as puroresu even though that just sounds like a Japanese guy poorly
2: pronouncing. Well, it's Pro wrestling. There's other things like that too. Like whenever I talk at work uh, about uh, Supida Man, yeah. it's like that. It's not. Uh, I'm not making a funny voice. Like that is a reference to a specific character. And and the RNL thing. I mean,
0: people can use that in racist ways, but that stems from. I believe there isn't separate characters for those letters in yeah. Japanese, so they get transposed like it, it actually happens.
2: It happens in like fan translations and stuff like that too all the time for sure. So I guess
0: what I'm saying is that when I say piro-resu, I am not being racist. <laughs> Please don't fucking hate me. It's not my fault. <laughs>
2: Um, and certainly don't splice this together with snippets from previous episodes where you might ma- build a uh, compelling argument against I us. I mean,
0: I guess I should say, like, like everybody, I'm somewhat racist because I internalized. Oh, you're up. I Dang internalized. It. What I was, are you doing? Listen, listen. <laughs> listen. Because I internalize. You know, we live in a world in which there's uh, structural racism, right? And mm-hmm. we all internalize those structures. That's innate to how we we think about the world. We can't. It's not really. Escapable, like I, I try to police myself for it, but like it's it's not plausible. I think it's dangerous to say I'm not racist because then you kind of excuse yourself from from paying attention right. to your actions. Not all, instead men. of trying to be yeah, exactly, instead of trying to to watch for that. And I mean, I do try not to be racist, despite the fact that all gypsies are thieves. Oh,
2: Jesus Christ, they are. It's just, look, oh, it's just a fact. That's. I'll uh, I'll uh, I'll text Aura uh, or about that later and see <laughs> if he how, how bad we want to burn you. <laughs> you can always bleep it. That's true. I'm, I'm definitely already going to download an air horn sound effect for this episode. Look, this is how I
0: am. It was important to me to be very serious about structural racism, and it was important to me to button it with a stupid joke.
2: <laughs> well, I, I watched... Mean, uh, Sarah
0: Silverman does that shit all the time. <laughs>
2: I watched the, uh, the final season of BoJack Horseman last night. I guess what I'm saying oh. is if
0: you don't like me, you're anti-Semitic. The final <laughs> season? Yeah, it's up. Yeah, over. they're putting it up. Yeah, they put up the,
2: oh. There was uh, so. two parts for the last season, and the, the the second part is now out and the show is over.
1: Oh well, keep your fucking mouth shut because we're gonna watch that.
2: I, I knew it was
0: coming out. I didn't know that it was already out. So I <laughs> guess I guess I gotta watch that show. We'll, so. we'll
2: we'll talk about this obviously <laughs> off the air because <laughs> that's the best show in the wow. fucking world,
0: large. Oh Jesus! All right, so pro uh, it was involved in Japan. Uh, it had a very sort of MMA style to it. Like it's very strike based, very punch and kick. Mm. Uh, it also had Japan after World War II was in a very strange place because it was being occupied by by a foreign power and it had just lost this war. Uh, it was trying to Americanize and Westernize because they, they knew that that kind of industrialization would help them in the long term. But there was also a, a cultural humiliation involved in their loss, right? Mm. Um, and watching Japanese culture post-war era stuff is always
2: very interesting because of that to me because it's almost like it has just... drastically affected every single yeah. part of their uh, output and art and mm-hmm. anything that they have to say like globally
0: I took a film class where we compared I think they both came out in the same year Seven Samurai and Godzilla mm-hmm. it's part of a twofer for post-war Japanese <laughs> films that are very much about trying to think through this devastation about like what caused it about how they could move forward about why they, I mean, Godzilla is essentially a movie about why uh, the, the Allies dropped the atomic bomb on Japan. Right. It's about saying like, well, here's a rationalization for why, because they felt the situation was so bad that the risk would be necessary. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Seven Samurai is a film about the breakdown of of law to the point where you where there is no, where morality can only be found by the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh so Japan was in a very weird place culturally which I f- find extremely fascinating and the it was reflected a lot in pro wrestling. Um and a big part of pro wrestling has always been nationalism. Uh sometimes ugly part to be honest.
2: Well, not as ugly as like like certain Gundam series, but uh oh, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's just like Ha- like uh, your your patriotism for whatever your country would be but like put yeah. on like a scale like that when you're literally it's uh it's worse than the olympics like olympics <laughs> is the one where everybody kind of like gets together uh depending upon what year it is i guess and it's like all right you know competition nobody is like Woo! We swept. We like. We swept the uh, gold medals in this category. So that means our country is like top tier champion of like this thing now. Yeah. But. Uh it's definitely still one of those, like, rah us, we're not racist because we're just cheering on our country right now. Yeah, I mean, there's a very generic, particularly 80s-era
0: pro-wrestling narrative where it's
2: like Hulk Hogan or Macho Man beating up a foreigner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think um, uh, Always studying in Philadelphia kind of touches a little bit on that type of stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, in
0: Japan... That was very much a part of it. Like, a lot of Americans made a good deal of money going to Japan to get beat up by Japanese people.
2: Just think about, like, post-911, like, era America and how, how often you would just see, like, for no reason whatsoever, like, your your hero character wailing on somebody in a turban. And they had no uh, no characterization besides brown skin and turban.
0: Yeah. I mean, that shit, it was in the 2000s. There was, uh, was Muhammad Hassan or Hassan Muhammad... Uh, one of the great. If I, I know this has been full of divergences, but you know, I think we're doing fine for time. Oh yeah. Uh, his storyline was that after September, he was angry with America because after September 11th, he was an Arabic American, mm-hmm. American of Arabic descent. Not in reality. In reality, he was uh, of Italian descent. But hey, <laughs> it's fucking WW. Yeah, right. Your skin's a little dark, right? <laughs> <laughs> you look, you look a little ethnic, so right. you get to be the Middle Easterner. Uh, and he was upset at the reaction of a lot of Americans to September 11th. In, he talked about how there are people that would hate him for his religion or the color of his skin. Uh, and he was, I think he was initially presented as a bad guy, but not like a cartoonish bad guy. Mm. Although I, th- I think they had him do a debate with Scott Steiner, which, uh, that's special. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Steiner, not the most articulate of men. <laughs> I'll just uh, leave you to look that up on YouTube if you want. So it was it was a mostly fairly nuanced portrayal, except then he had this match with the Undertaker that ended with him knocking out the Undertaker, and then a bunch of masked men, like in like you know Berkeley or whatever type shit, running in and kidnapping the Undertaker and taking him off, and sort of there's this implication that he was uh, being kidnapped by a terrorist organization, and then uh, and then the next day the British uh, the British subway attack thing happened. That was their biggest uh, terror incident. Mm-hmm. And immediately WWE uh, stopped doing anything with that character ever again. And The Undertaker <laughs> I guess somehow escaped <laughs> because they never fucking talked about that shit again.
1: What if the Undertaker that we have now is a clone or something? <laughs> they did that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I
2: was just about this I was thinking about all the things and was like, well, he's he's dead man, he's like this and that. He's been dead a couple of times or <laughs> No, they've uh, done a the fake Undertaker storyline. don't living, worry about that. <laughs> a living undead, according to the Comics Code Authority.
0: There was absolutely a fake Undertaker storyline in the nineties.
2: Alright. Like, no. Much like Sonic the Hedgehog, and, which, you were the faker.
0: Which had a blow off match where it was the real Undertaker wrestling fake fake taker, who had slightly different who had grey colored gloves as opposed to purple. <laughs> it's the level. And was things. also like a good three or four inches shorter. There, uh, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> and just didn't look
2: much at all like the actual
0: Undertaker.
2: He's like, I, <laughs> I also have uh, contact oh. lenses and a wide-brim hat. Yeah,
0: not for nothing, but pro wrestling is the best fucking thing in the world. It's the worst thing in the world, too, but it's it's so...
2: It's so great. Well, it's uh, I on more things just like thinking about it because I feel like is there more stuff that you want to talk about in the in the history book?
0: Um, a, a little bit, but we'll just. All right, I'll just go through it real quick. Like to, from the territory system, eventually with the emergence of uh, television, uh, the territory system would have to break down inevitably because there was now the capability for nationwide broadcast. Uh, Vince McMahon Jr. took over his dad's Worldwide Wrestling Federation and turned it into the. World Wrestling Federation and eventually World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, when he t- didn't want to get sued anymore by uh, <laughs> the World Wildlife Fund,
2: uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still see those uh, the older stickers, and it always like makes me chuckle when I see the little panda, and it still says like WWF. And yeah. there's, have you seen all the different stickers where it's like the panda with the mask in a chair? Yes, I, I need to
0: get one of those for my laptop because <laughs> I
2: love those fucking things.
0: And also, good on the the World Wildlife uh, or the World Wildlife Fund, by the way. Yeah, right. Like they, they apparently had a legitimate claim and won in court, and they're a good organization. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you're a wrestling fan and that annoys you somehow. Um, <laughs> get over it. But uh, so. Vince McMahon Jr. taking over from his father. He promised that he wouldn't upend the territory system, and then he upended the territory system by systematically <laughs> buying them all out. Uh, partly for their rosters, but mostly for their TV deals, uh, so that he could choke out people in local markets. What? Uh, a few other federations survived, like the the seed of what would be, I think it was Crockett, which was the seed of what would be WCW, eventually, uh, survived for quite a while until they were bought up by Ted Turner and briefly in the 90s were a strong competitor during the Monday Night War era uh, aka the beginning of the, uh, of the Attitude Era mm. um, but eventually Vince McMahon bought up WCW along with uh, ECW, uh, ECW right. was yeah. a, a smaller federation it's very interesting but we don't have time to get into uh, <laughs> it was based on extreme wrestling which is very unpleasant to
1: watch Yeah, and the book, <laughs> and the book does some of that
0: yeah, hmm. the book goes through all these because it's it's a major part of it. I do like that it doesn't give the whole story to modern wrestling. It really does get into carnivals and all these like backroom people and stuff because I think that's a, an interesting story.
2: the The um, interesting thing about just the the whole thing is that there there's so much ground to cover. Like, if all you care about is the business side of it and how it evolved over the years, there's tons and tons and tons of research and stuff that you can look at if all you care about is the is the characterization and the marketing aspect of it same thing you can find hours and hours of YouTube documentaries and and other podcasts about it there's there's an aspect that everybody more or less can glean at least a little bit of interest in because it's it's just fascinating how huge it's been always basically
0: yeah. But yeah, after the end of the WCW and the consolidation by WWE, uh, a few other American feds started to emerge. Uh, TNA was sort of the just total nonstop action, you perverts. Uh, was,
2: <laughs> I'll use that at work now.
0: Was uh, sort of the inheritor of WCW and all of WCW's problems. <laughs> um, because there were a lot and we don't have time for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One of the big ones being Hulk Hogan. Um, That is not that hot a take, buddy. Lots of people have that take.
2: Hulk Hogan has said some uh, quite inflammatory things.
0: Well, and he's infamous for using creative control in ways that aren't necessarily best for the promotion. Mm. Um, And I'm just going to leave it there because it's a huge discussion. (laughs) Uh, But also smaller places like uh, Ring of Honor... uh, Chikara, uh, what is the one that I'm trying to think of, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, just various other federations that are very small have started to crop up, and also recently uh, a large group of people that were mostly working internationally, uh, as well as some people that left from WWE have formed uh, All Elite Wrestling. Which is a very complicated thing to explain the roots of. It has to do with explaining what New Japan, pro wrestling, and the elite are. And I'm not going to fucking do that. As as stated earlier, there are countless hours and hours worth of
2: documentaries and and podcasts that you could also look up. Which you should if you are interested in.
0: Yeah, this is the short version to go along with this. And I don't think AEW is even in here yet. But I think towards the end they make the point that pro wrestling at the moment, because of the internet, you can have access to so many styles of wrestling. Mm-hmm. nowadays, that uh, WWE's Monopoly is probably shakier than ever. And it's an interesting era for that. And that's sort of the end of the, the discussion of pro wrestling history, which uh, this book is about. I guess you can talk about <laughs> the book itself in terms of quality now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to say first, I really like the art style for it. I think the art style for it is really good for representing pro wrestling. I love that cover. As soon as I saw that cover, I was like, that is that is a style I like
2: (laughs) it's such a great infotainment book too like Mm -hmm. well I'm I'm sure we'll talk more about the the boom comics once we start getting into that but like both of these comics or both of these books like scratch really nice comic itches in different ways like it this the other one is one of those ones where you're like I'm reading a long comic book, but it's one of those like I will now have plenty of uh, bar trivia stuff like later.
1: This was a very informative book.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ew! My complaint about it: huh? dense as hell. <laughs> like
0: get out of the show. <laughs> Why are you being so tentative, man? <laughs> I,
1: I don't know. I. It's yeah. Uh, it's been a long week. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> uh,
0: I, cool. I, I agree with you on that. Uh, my my complaint is what I would have liked from the book was for it to be. I have this series called Designers and Dragons, which is a, a, a very interesting industrial history of the role playing game uh, mm. in in text, not comic, and it is a four volume set. Uh, it was originally released in a single volume edition that would cover all of the history of role-playing games and i can't imagine that it would be very good in that form. <laughs> because there's a lot to cover I, I think that's what they suffer from here they're trying to cover a lot of shit and they end up doing short shrift to things i would love like a four or five volume yeah this with, yeah. would have
1: been great it had it been sort of spread out uh the one true sport uh bit that they do started to grade on me uh, so, <laughs> Oh come on! All right,
0: like... just because uh, NASCAR isn't a sport, <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got to return to your thesis statement, Aura, over and over and, again. And Aura is giving me the finger. Aura, uh, you like
1: NASCAR? Uh, no, but me and Josh have had this discussion oh. about whether or not NASCAR is a sport or not. Uh,
0: I mean, I get the impression that as far as childhood presence, NASCAR was to you what WWE is to me, as in it was negative. a thing that <laughs> no, the, that you no, liked that was, more that, we that was
1: something my dad got into, like when I was in my twenties. I oh, okay. I'm <laughs> like well, just just one day he flipped and he was like, I'm into NASCAR now And I was like, Well I guess if I want to hang out with my dad on like my day off I got I get to watch NASCAR with him. Okay. So I don't I don't have any particular emotional attachment to it other than that sort of like other than the in joke? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was
0: uh, just sort of your working class affectation in the way that WWE is No, behind. I
1: watched wrestling growing up. Uh yeah. I didn't, I didn't fall in love with it in the way, you know, like, uh, but, but, you know, it, it was the thing to do in the eighties cause we only had, you know, three channels and, uh, one of them, one of them was, uh, very exciting to watch. And one of them was the farm report, you know, like,
0: I mean, if I'm in love with wrestling, I do want to say that it's a real unhealthy love. <laughs> like I, I yell at it a lot. <laughs> like we probably should get counseling. Sure. All of all of our friends, like, did you the thing when you're hanging out with uh, with the abusive couple when you're just like, oh god, so <laughs> they're if doing I... it again. Should we say something? Should <laughs> <laughs> we call someone?
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I watched. Uh, so in preparation for this show, I watched a little bit of Royal Rumble with Josh uh, recently, <laughs> and. Um, Most of the time he was on his phone, so I don't, like, watching is even, like, you know, a loose uh, usage of the word in this case. In fairness,
0: to be fair, to to be be fair, like, 90% of the time when I watch anything, I'm on my phone. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I was just thinking today about the, like, uh, I
1: I was sitting here, like, watching it, and I'm like, hey, did you see that, Josh? And he's like, no, I missed it. (laughs) We had that conversation, like, eight or ten times.
0: I mean, things pull me out of it. That's yeah. sort of the contest that I do is I'm on my phone or my Switch and I, I sort of dare the movie or the show or whatever <laughs> Hold interesting attention. to use my enough to make me not. <laughs> it's like a quality control filter. <laughs> Pontypool still the all, all-time winner of that because I thought that would just be a blow-off horror movie The one while I was playing my games or something and I did not look down from that screen once. Which one? Pontypool. Pontypool. Oh, amazing horror film.
1: <laughs> um... So back to the density of this thing, the th- again like this book is so dense. Um, the note I have written is that I felt like it was also kind of all over the place a little bit, yeah. And I I feel like it it could have been tempered by a historian, like if they had mm. had a historian come in, because what I was telling Josh earlier this week, as I as I sort of briefly talked to him about you know the book for a mi- minute, was I was like. There's no narrative that sort of weaves through in a way that you would expect from a history book. Yeah. You know, there's no... Because there's no indication what characters we're going to follow and what is just being mentioned for the sake of being mentioned. Like, because there are several... Uh, Cody, you read this recently. Yeah. There are several splash pages where you just have, like, a dozen characters mentioned. Yeah. Like, and who they are and what's going on, and this happens quite a few times through the book, yeah. where you know, yeah. like, all of a sudden okay, now now, who am I supposed to be following here? Who's my, you know, who's my character? So, um, it's clearly a fan history, I would say. Yeah, I way. was
2: just about to say that, like, it, it is... I, I do it's not. It's not a good intro.
1: These guys yeah, these guys love this stuff and it's clear. Mm. So... By, it, by token of it being kind of a fan history, there's also insider-y stuff Ooh. that I didn't get. Like, there was no explanation yeah. of. Um, sometimes the words didn't even match the pictures, um, which, like, like, you know, there would be something going on in the picture, and then the caption wouldn't, like, match it sort of exactly or wouldn't be explaining, like, what I'm looking at. And, th- and that was kind of a frustration reading this book. Having said that, like I did, I did enjoy this read. Yeah. Uh, I do, I do enjoy these types of books. I, Josh knows I'm a huge proponent of Action Philosophers, which is a similar sort of um, uh, run through, uh, but it's philosophy instead of pro wrestling. Now, the thing except about, for the
0: Plato chapter, which is pro wrestling, that's actually <laughs> true. Um,
1: that, that Josh did not make that up. Um,
0: <laughs> read Action Philosophers, guys. It's real good, and there's a nice hardback of it. Yeah. Ooh, um, I so.
1: Down. So I do enjoy these types of books. The, the The problem is in my head, I'm comparing it to things that are that I guess are better, and I don't want to use "better" in that bad way. They but, just yeah, like, do their genre. Yeah, yeah right. It's
0: perfectly reasonable. I agree. I think it's a good read, particularly if you have an interest in it. But like I like I was saying, I don't think it's a good introduction. I there like it wants too much from you as a fan. It wants you to understand a bit about what wrestling is. The comic, we're going to read a different comic for that to go along with this by uh, by Jim Cornette. That's a bunch of old wrestling stories. And the one thing that was in that that I really like and that we kind of missed is that there's a glossary in the end of wrestling terms. Mm. Which feels like it's a bit more of an effort to introduce audiences to the idea.
1: Well, on the old show we did, uh, I mean, we did an Andre the Giant comparative where we did the two Andre the Giant biography comics. Yeah. And I feel like they're, in some ways, they're like... That was a better way to approach this topic because it has that, you know, sort of through line. And it had, you know, to a certain extent, like, places where it could diverge but still come back to...
0: I sort of agree, except I feel that DeAndre of the Giant comics weren't about wrestling a huge amount. Sure. Something... This This is... I feel like... I do agree that there's... this book doesn't quite do what it might set out to do, but I... I, like if, I, would, I, wonder, I would like just a longer approach with more definition. I like, if
1: it could have been a... a uh, like a family volume... history of the McMahon family or something, and that hmm. could have been your through line or something. So
2: I, for a through line, I was, I have been thinking about this, I had two different ideas that I thought would have lended itself, which is for, like we were kind of talking about, other books that do a similar, like, infotainment sort of thing what or was saying, where you have the tidbits that if you're not already an insider, you don't really know. I think a, a good book should have some of that, mm-hmm. like some of some of the tidbits that are really for the diehard fans. It's more of like a call-out or a reference. But like, when you just flip through this book, just at a cursory glance, it is very text-dense. Yes. And very every nice. single page has so many comic panels on it, but no, all of the text is... Uh, out-of-body, like, just over-the-top narration. Like, you don't see any of the people saying quotes, really, or things that they have said if it was something more along the lines of maybe a generic, like, silhouette wrestling figure. And as it goes through the different eras, that silhouette evolves and changes. Or if you had some sort of, like, big David Burns suited like... uh host type character that's like interviewing the different people throughout history exactly what we're talking about just some sort of narrative too you're you're still just giving information but it it reads almost like you're uh like you're reading a ken burns documentary
0: yeah you know what i think that's probably actually the biggest fault in this is that i don't know why it's a comic book instead of uh just a book
2: yeah like I the think art is
0: nice, but I don't think it adds a ton. It, it should work a little better. What, what I would have liked, like I said, would be a multi-volume. Yeah, movie. like you could have one on the origins, like you could have one on the territories, like maybe 180 pages. Mm-hmm. You could have one on uh, WWE <laughs> and the era, and the book you could have one on international and one on women's. Because well, this book does very short shrift to women's wrestling.
1: Well, so real quickly, I, I, is my other
0: big complaint about it. it. Sure, just has a couple pages.
1: I uh, I real quickly looked up Ten Speed Press because I I I hadn't heard of them. Yeah, and I was curious as to what they publish usually. Um, their best selling book is "What Color Is Your Parachute?"
2: Interesting.
1: So, so, I mean, the company is somebody who publishes, you know, book books. Mm. So yeah. It, it it it's interesting. It, it, you know it's.
0: Uh... <laughs> I think it's funny that one of the ten second are they the people that who put out box brown stuff. No, I, th- I mean I'm just looking at
1: a Wikipedia page that had you know, so let me
2: on uh, on the back of the uh, the comic book story of professional wrestling. One of the uh, blurbs is from Robert Kirkman, the creator of Walking Dead, and it literally starts out. I hate wrestling, period. I'm just not a fan. And then it says, but this book chiseled through my hardened outer shell of my cold black heart, blah, blah, blah. It ends with, you'll love it even more. But I think that that was a funny. Like, they're trying to. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I I get what you're trying to do if it's somebody like, uh, just to throw you under the bus, Aura, who doesn't, wouldn't have normally picked up this thing. It's an interesting uh, catch, I guess, (laughs) to try to pull that last. uh, what is a, a what is the word a demographic in? Yeah. Okay.
3: Think,
0: yeah. Did we have but, more to say about it? Or it
2: no. It's still cool. still a good read. Of yeah. Little things that would you know benefit it from changing, but you know use that in uh, in your comic book history uh, wrestling comic.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: The next one is the official WWE comic. Uh, do you want to walk us through it, Cody?
2: Fuck yeah! Cause uh, yeah. this shit was awesome.
0: And then there's, there's this, confusingly. There's a zero issue, which is WWE. Then now forever. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the regular WWE series, which is just WWE. Not then now, then now forever. forever. But yes. then now forever is a number one, and then there's a separate number one the WWE. <laughs> so I would just like to say to Boom, straighten your shit out. <laughs> Make it a zero issue.
2: It, it Why feels, are you doing
0: that?
1: Or call it the number one. It actually.
2: feels very WWE to do this misleading uh, misnaming <laughs> for these things.
0: I believe Cody was looking for looking for copies elsewhere and had trouble because he found what he thought, really thought was the number one and it was this oversized issue and he was like, is this all we're doing? I thought it was.
2: I thought. So the Then Now Forever has the, the first issue of the, like, eight issue, which this is eight issues, but the comic yeah. went further than this, oh, correct? Yeah, no, it kept I, going. I think it,
1: it's still ongoing. I'm not sure though.
2: Yeah, it, it felt open-ended.
1: Sorry to interrupt. No. Because uh, in <laughs> while uh, while you were sort of setting up here, I did look up what else 10 Speed has published. Couldn't find anything on Box Brown. But they have done what looks to be sort of a a, a half series of these sort of like graphic histories of things. Okay. Oh, cool. so, so wrestling is just one of those things because the one I'm looking at is Amazons, Abolitionists, and Activists. And there was another one earlier that was a graphic history of something else in, in their sort of list of stuff. So I think that this is a part of like some sort of series that they, yeah. they they've done. So sorry to...
0: I misheard you as 10 seconds and I thought because Box Brown's... Oh that's right seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah. And it's 10 speed. So uh, and 10, 10
1: speed uh, also seems to do a bunch of D&D books. Mm. So oh. like D&D novels or something. Fun. For the young reader. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I, no, you I, t- but
2: I. I, I if, you if it look, wasn't now, we were gonna have to do it in a cleanup episode anyway. So.
0: When you were just flipping through that, there was a solicitation for something like Warlords of Appalachia. I was like, oh,
2: I, oh. <laughs> so uh, the more that could be really bad. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like I actually really like a lot of stuff that Boom puts out, and that's why so I was looking in the back. I was like looking at this thing specifically, be like. Huh? You know, did you read that one? Yeah, Frank, Frank Miller did a cover for it. Oh wow, that looks really cool. I want to check that out. At least that illustration, yeah. I like a lot. It's Frank Miller. But uh, but yeah, okay. So pre
0: or post crazy? Frank Miller.
2: Post post crazy. Twenty sixteen. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, no
0: thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, he's come back from like if you've heard. Some... No thanks. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm glad I'm glad he's recovered, but I yeah. mean. He, i, I, mean, he's, I read. I apologized Terror. a couple
1: of times, and he said, "Look, like I said some aberrant things. Like I realized that now. Like I caught, I got caught up in the moment. Well, maybe
0: then. But Holy Terror was real. You guys haven't read Holy Terror, right? No,
2: No, I, I'm, I'm aware, but uh, I've not read it.
0: It is hard to, re- to having mean, read that. It's hard to want to read anything else by a person who would and write it.
1: And when you read Holy and Terror, and you like, he, you know that he turned that in originally as a Batman story. Like it, it sort well, of—it's it's very apparent too. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm a, I'm a huge mech fan. Sorry, now we're making this a Frank Miller episode, <laughs> but I'm a huge mech fan, and uh, I love the big guy and Rusty because that's also uh, Jeff Dar- Darrow artwork, which is phenomenal. But uh, that book is very, very, very overtly about American nationalism and why we are better than the Japanese.
0: <laughs> it's, it'd be like trying to read more Doug Tenapple.
2: Oh, no, God, I know what that yeah. No, and holy. how he
0: reflects it in his comic, and it makes it kind of unreadable.
2: Some of, Yeah, because some of his stuff is still fine, like, if you read Gear or whatever, but, uh, like, some of his other... The Ratman book is I didn't the, read that one, thank Holy Christ. shit, we can talk about that later, but <laughs> fucking God, that one's rough. Well, he was doing that as a webcomic, too, and he didn't have an overall arc for it he was just doing one page a week and just like building it off of that and I think that was kind of what let him uh, lead his crazy train life because that's when he first started getting really public about some of his inflammatory opinions but back to
0: uh, back to what we're actually talking about (laughs) and not not jobs
1: (laughs) yes so can we talk about this now uh, then now and forever in like sort of three parts because I feel like this one shot is one thing then there's the first arc, and then there's the second arc, and they're all completely sort of divorced of each other in some ways.
0: That is yeah. really interesting that you conceptualize it as that. Uh, then now forever is just a WWE slogan.
1: Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's why it's on there. Like that's <laughs> they do WWE then now forever. It's their promo package at the beginning of
2: their fucking events. Oh, and then it's the, real it, stupid on the first like on the then now forever like double size or oversized, like, comic. It talks about, then is the, uh, this cover, this cover, it's talking about, like, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Triple H, now is, like, The Shield people, and then The Forever, Undertaker. I think it's also almost, like, a reference to... God, I hope it's not The Undertaker forever, because that dude is (laughs) (laughs) Watching that dude in a ring now is a bit...
0: And thankfully he doesn't come out for much anymore, but watching him in a ring is just a bit, like... So watching with a later Roger Moore James Bond, he's <laughs> like, "Come on, old man!"
2: Well, the things that we were uh, critiquing <laughs> buy a about, nice
0: house and spend time with family.
2: <laughs> the thing that we were critiquing about the the comic book history um, book, I think this comic does perfectly. Of <laughs> gives you exactly what it is that wrestling fans mm-hmm. and even non wrestling fans interpret as what like pro wrestling is, but also starts you off with the the S.H.I.E.L.D. team, which they're not like brothers or anything like that, which I think, like, whatever that most recent rock-produced movie is all about, like, the family and, like, how... Oh, uh,
0: fighting with uh, Fighting With My Family? Yeah, Fighting With the My real, Family. The real story of Paige?
2: Yeah. Which who is,
0: had to retire due to injuries shortly before it came out.
2: Yeah. But uh, it more or less follows Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, and Roman Reigns, But it's like each issue you can almost read as a standalone thing because each issue has at least one, if not multiple, in the ring wrestling fights. It has like the behind the scenes fights that also happen, and it's the like the artwork really works for the whole building tension. It's people like every issue has people driving cars and trucks and semi trailers like through the sides of buildings for dramatic entrances or exits.
0: I think it's kind of superhero influence. I don't know the art team well enough to Yeah. Very you know, who, This person?
1: Uh, I don't who's the artist? Uh, the Kuna? artist
2: for these is this one's hard. Let me look at the other one cuz this is the Then Now and Forever. It says it on
1: the cover. it's
0: Kuna is the second name.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he I mean he's done Avenger Serg. Surgakuna. Surgakuna? Or no, it might be somebody different then, because Daniel Acuna did Avengers. <laughs>
0: it's, I mean, to me, yeah. it looks like pretty standard modern superhero art in a lot yeah. of ways, yeah. and I think that works really well for it. Like, compared to other books that we did on episodes that aren't up anymore, sure. like the thing that I really liked from, from the first issue that I picked up of WWE uh, is that unlike all those other ones you've read, it isn't like, oh, it's, it's wrestlers, but they're in a noir like it's yeah. wrestlers, but they're superheroes. Yeah, uh, this is wrestlers. wrestlers. But it's the ultimate warrior and okay. his magic. It's just no. It's just well, I mean, wrestling in some ways.
1: Kayfabe, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, Cody said earlier this week something at the store. I I, I don't want to steal your thunder if you were saving your insight for later, but no. um, but he said this is what wrestling fans say. The you know yeah. wrestling wrestlers do in their off time. Yeah. yeah.
0: The the premise of WWE comics is that. What wrestlers do on stage, they just keep doing when they're not on stage. It
2: is their life. Yeah. It's sort of that thing.
0: And what a great fucking idea for a comic book. Like They're already interesting characters, and you just need to go with that.
2: You don't need more premise. (laughs) My big introduction to wrestling, uh, for me, which is I'm sure gonna date me, was I didn't really. I mean, I knew about like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage and stuff like that just because of cultural (laughs) bone (laughs) saw. Exactly, (laughs) Uh, cultural like zeitgeist stuff. But I saw the movie Ready to Rumble, and that was the like the eye opener for how cool this was because it does the same thing. You introduce. Fake characters and fake non wrestling people that are excited about it, and you pepper it in with like all of the real stuff and the real organization and how uh, yeah. you do it, and it it's that same was suspension.
1: Ready, was ready to the Rumble the one we watched for the show? No, you're thinking
2: of No Holds Barred.
1: No Holds Barred.
2: Okay. Ray Rumble has got the uh, the guy from the Fargo TV show is like the f- disgraced wrestler. All right. Have you? Oh, no. I thought maybe you. No, had not seen it. We watched No Holds Barred. It's
0: uh, oh, Oliver. Oliver Plant?
2: That sounds right. Oliver Platt? Oliver Platt. Yeah. But he's who, like
1: who who I did not think of him as the guy from Fargo. I thought of him. Yeah, me either. <laughs> actually had a very long career. Yeah, oh he's yeah. He's on Chicago <laughs> Med right now. <laughs> he's been he's been on that show for like 4 years.
0: It's hard to think of a thing that it is hard to think of a thing that he's been on because he's always the supporting.
2: Right, he's man. it's so many things. That's uh, Fargo, the TV show just like had been the most recent thing that he'd been like a really big recurring part of. He's like a guy you get when you want a little better than uh, Jim Belushi. <laughs> I think of him as like your, the, the the sleazy guy who you have no problem Like burning At like, the end of sense. your episode <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's not the trajectory of <laughs> his career Plus one, Josh, I thought that was funny uh. um, Okay <laughs> This comic uh, I don't know. We, oh God, these covers are just so good too. The covers like, are really good. Number three, yeah. they do all of this. Oh, they that touch split with Seth because
0: it, <sighs> it follows the character of Seth Rollins who has just obtained the championship, but then is injured and has to. Rehab his knee, and it's like a split with him holding up the championship and him going under the under the knife for for surgery. Mm-hmm. It is really
1: brilliantly done. Oh, three muscles They
2: really true. get the like dynamic movement thing, and this mm-hmm. is another. I, if you listen to our other episodes, you've heard me complain about this for other things when they're not wrestling and they're just talking or they're setting up like following wrestlings like. They're working out, or they're doing stuff. They're acting like human beings, or they're eating at restaurants and they're standing up and moving around like nothing is ever just like straight shots. Even the uh, even the stuff that's not in the ring feels dynamic with different uh, angles on the characters and things like that. And anytime there's people that are real, real people, real WWE people, like. Even if you don't recognize them immediately by name, like, they get the faces down really, really well in this, too.
3: Yeah.
2: Like, they, uh, it's, it's really easy to tell, like, who different people are. Even though, like, like on the main cover, for most of them, like, between Rollins, Ambrose, and,
0: uh... Uh... And Roman. the other,
2: Ro, yeah, uh, Roman Reigns. Like they honestly almost all look like they could be brothers because they have like a weird mixture hairstyle sort of thing. Yeah, but you can still always but distinguish. Sean was always
0: a great visual. Yeah, yeah, you
2: can distinguish them immediately, even though they're dressed in almost matching uniforms. But that's the thing. Like the variations are simultaneously subtle and yet like very distinct. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's. Um, Cool, cool stories. Just pick up the most recent issue at your local yeah. comic book shop and, and Not flip through it.
1: right now. Oh, oh really? Sucks.
2: Damn. Is it over or is it just on hiatus?
1: Don't know. Gotcha. I, did, I didn't read this book. I just know that we haven't had an issue of it in a very long time mm. because what Boom did stupidly was they kept jumping series they did the Marvel thing uh, and so I had to keep adding it to pull files because they, they kept trying to start over with a number one a number
2: one
0: well they kept doing like one off spinoffs of it things like, like that two off yeah. spinoffs like NXT takeovers which got too complicated um, I do want Much to say like one thing that you guys might not as active wrestling fans be as aware of which is that these are based on stories that were happening in the ring
2: I I, I wondered yeah that I also I couldn't I think you tell. might have guessed that yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, The first four issue plus the the zero issue is from the breakup of the Shield, which they were a popular stable, which is a group of more than two wrestlers. Who
1: broke up the Shield, Josh? Uh,
0: Seth Rollins, when he attacked them with a chair. That was the
1: first line (laughs) of the first issue. Which is
0: exactly what happens in the the comic book. Uh, Money in the bank. And it follows the arc of Seth's career, mostly, which is that he was part of this... Stable that was very successful and sold a lot of merch. Uh, they broke up the stable because Vince always wants to break up tag teams and stables because that's just how he is for some <laughs> fucking
2: reason. Um, gotta have, uh, gotta have, not controversy. What's the conflict? Gotta have conflict to make your shit interesting. He just, there. Are, for instance, he keeps trying to. Uh, reportedly, he re- has
0: repeatedly asked the New Day to break up, and they just don't want to because they're one of the biggest fucking merch sellers One of the greatest things that's happened to wrestling in 10 <laughs> years so I why would the, they break up I love
2: the constant mention of booty-o's like in these comics as well is amazing they're always like eating it in the background too the New
0: Day are great we're going to have to talk a little about the New Day Talk we're talking about the main thing because they're a backup feature but so yeah Seth uh, breaks with the shield uh, he gets the money in the bank which is Aura's favorite which, money in the bank he wins money in the bank and cashes it in to become champion wait he isn't uh,
1: cashing anything There's no cash if I recall.
0: (laughs) There isn't cash as a contract. Oh damn it. But they refer to it as cashing in.
1: No. Stop (laughs) it. Why?
0: (laughs) Not gonna explain that bit. So (laughs) he's he's sort of a corporate stooge at first. He's he's doing what what Triple H wants in exchange for assistance because he's he's the heel and he keeps losing because that's often the heel narrative, is they can't win without assistance. Um God. But then he suffers an actual that. injury. I'm, I was looking for a name. He suffered an actual injury. That wasn't, I think, K-Fay. He hurt his knee in a match. Uh, and they had to pull the title from him mm. uh, while he recovered from it. And then when he came back, they changed his character to be more of a... To swerve away from the "haha, and the evil guy that's the henchman of Vince McMahon to, like, I'm really dedicated to getting this championship. Uh-huh. And a lot of the four-issue arc, what I think is interesting in combination... Like, this is an interesting example of transmedia, because it actually enriches the narrative of the show by saying, like, why did that character have a turn? He had a turn because he had these experiences offstage. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I wonder if that's why they have done the noir stories and shit like that before, was because they couldn't sort of deal with transmedia, because... Yeah. Uh, they may have to address something on the TV show that happened in these comic books, right? So...
3: I mean,
0: I, I don't think the TV show ever addresses the comics.
1: You know what I'm saying, though.
0: But yeah, I do. Yeah. I do see what you're saying. They don't want to integrate the storytelling mm-hmm. yeah. to that degree, but I think... Because by the time this came out, I think it had been, just because of publishing cycles, a while since The Shield had made all those changes. And it's just sort of filling in the blanks.
2: It also yeah. makes like it worse. papering worth... over
0: the cracks to the fact that this guy yeah. was an evil coward who couldn't win legit, and Let all me... of a sudden he's great. Uh... Which okay. happens all the time on wrestling.
1: <laughs> Did you have a question about that stuff? No, no I, I was just kind of different thing than real yeah. fast. Go ahead. So, uh, the when they change a character, like you just mentioned him doing. Yeah. Do they do it slow or is it just like one episode he's one thing and then the next he, he's just that and you sort of accept it?
0: Sometimes it's slow, but often it's very abrupt. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for instance, Daniel Bryan recently had a he, he was he had a heel gimmick yes. where he was yes. the Planet's Guardian. Yes. No, he was a heel for a while. People oh, didn't no, like him. Because he was no. the he was the planet's guardian and he would lecture people about how they need to recycle. And that made, <laughs> that made him a villain. I am not joking. Yep. This is a thing that I watch. I've I don't, seen those I don't clips. know why. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so many of these people have beliefs that I find abhorrent. Daniel Bryan doesn't. He legitimately cares about environmental issues, but <laughs> I don't
2: whatever. They made him the villain for it. My heel wrestling character is liberal arts professor. No. <laughs> so, I mean, Yes. <laughs> so there's this character that's Bray. No.
0: There's this other character Bray Wyatt. You get a brief look at him in the second arc here, uh where he's like in his cult leader gimmick. Uh after <laughs> yeah. the cult leader gimmick kind of falls apart for him, he comes back as a children's show host who turns into a monster.
3: Which is their <laughs> recent thing.
0: I'm not I, I'm not look, I'm not making any of that up. No, they I are. wish I could make that shit up. Yeah. You watched the strap match with him I, I believe did. both of those guys, right? <laughs> yes. Uh so uh, the fiend Bray Wyatt fought uh, Daniel O'Brien, the the evil planet's champion, <laughs> and got his ass. And Daniel Bryan got his ass kicked. And then the next day he came back and he was all like, "It made me remember all of the yes champ stuff. I'm a good guy now, basically." <laughs> <Do> <laughs> so the yes, that's answer your so question, great. yes, it's fucking abrupt. <laughs> it's just like, and the thing about this backstage narrative is that you can pepper things in, you know. Posthumously, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can you can you can ease out the fact that because a lot of the time the change is to do with fan reaction. That's what so you know,
2: that's what I was going to say like earlier. Seth
0: turned heel or turned turned to turn back face because after he turned heel, people started liking him because he is actually a very very good wrestler. Yeah,
2: and, I, and lots of <laughs> so. Josh, I'm sure you can speak to this in the in the history of wrestling. There have been so many like 360 degree like. Transitions for characters of mm-hmm. heel to face and back to heel, or vice versa. Hollywood or, Hulk Hogan, yeah, the most famous. Uh, the Rock is uh, very famously a heel turned face for the same thing. It's just like the popularity. Was John Cena ever a heel? I, I think he
0: was. He was super cocky. I'm not sure if he was quite a heel. I wasn't watching yeah. a lot during the Cena Prime era.
2: But that uh, for this comic is another one of those things that why. If, if you're a fan of this, of this media and you already know everything that happens in this arc, it, it's what makes it worth reading the comics, too, is that exact smooth over the cracks that we were talking about or just that added narrative, quote-unquote, behind the scenes. Like, you can make your own, like, oh, this is what really happened, and now you can pretend like that's the lore. The Rock
0: is a great example, actually. The Rock was introduced as Rocky Maivia, uh, which is his father's name, because uh-huh. uh, he used to be a wrestler. Uh, it's, uh, and he was—he was like the—the—he was like the face, like the baby face, the super nice kid. Everyone fucking hated him because he was <laughs> just super naive idiot. Uh, so instead, he joined a group called the Nation of Domination. This is a fun thing to talk about in this terms of wrestling. This is only era wrestling I know. This is the wrestling stable that were basically the Black Panthers, and we're all villains. <laughs> the, uh, huge, a large percentage of the black people on the roster, and eventually Owen Hart for some fucking reason, uh, <laughs> Got were part of this group that guy. were pretty much explicitly black nationalists, and were the villains, and would cheat all the time. Uh, the Rock became a part of them, uh, and started being really heelish. Uh, and being very sarcastic, and they found that uh, his sarcastic promos really started to connect to the audience. So as the nation started to diminish in importance in its cycle, The Rock sort of broke out as a face
2: character. <laughs> God, just do uh, yourself a favor by and being look very
0: sarcastic. But then again, a few years later, he became the corporate champion in a, a quick twist at the end of uh, I think a WrestleMania. Where, like, he turned on Stone Cold Steve Austin and then Mr. McMahon, Mr. McMahon was all like, he's the corporate champion, screw the people, as he previously been <laughs> the people's champion. And then at some point he became people's champion again, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh.
2: These look, things happen very abruptly. <laughs> look up the Dwayne Johnson Smack Talk compilations because they're so, they're so ridiculous in a PG way. Yeah. It's so freaking funny. Cause was- these are huge dudes that could probably be like ripping, not ripping arms out of sockets, but I mean at least pulling your arm out of socket. Like, out of place.
0: He was, he was great in his era. I will say that when he came back for the John Cena matches, it was quickly revealed that his shtick did not age well. Yeah. <laughs> because he kept trying to imply that John Cena was gay. And everybody
2: was like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... Aren't you the good guy? The better <laughs> stuff is uh, him calling people, like, doo heads and things along those lines, for sure. Yeah, well, and he, he frequently in the
0: day would imply that he was going to, to eat women out. <laughs> he did. He talked about eating pie. <laughs>
2: You smell what the Rock
0: is cooking He did a song about eating pie On one of those WWE sings things Where he he talks about how he'll eat pie He'll eat (laughs) eat your mama's pie I think
2: God, don't eat my mama's pie, Mr. Johnson What? What do you mean what? (laughs) (laughs) That had all the context you needed (laughs) Alright
0: I think I told you about Katie Vick On a previous episode Which is the worst of the <laughs> the the rustling angles.
1: God. We got time. Do, do we Go for, for it. it. Go right, for
0: it. Yeah. I don't know we'll stuff. Up. All right, so Kane was going to face Triple H, right? Uh-huh. Kane is the brother of the Undertaker uh, and was horribly burned, except he takes his mask off eventually and he's just a little sooty. and Yeah. <laughs>
2: Phantom of the Opera.
0: I'm not. I'm not joking. <laughs> um, so, man, it's surprising how often you have to say that when you're talking about wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, Kane uh, was going to fight Triple H, who's this super heelish guy. Uh, we watched a thing about him back in the day. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
0: Triple H implies that he knows things about Kane's mysterious backstory because he has a very mysterious backstory. Other than being the Undertaker's brother, which, which people generally know. Um, and he reveals that Kane, when he was in people high school. Watch, not people. Yeah. <laughs> how everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's well established. Uh, you wouldn't have to cite it in a paper. So.
2: we got to start doing I'll, this podcast MLA format. <laughs> Now. <laughs> nope.
0: <laughs> that ain't going to happen. I'm not in school anymore. I don't have to do that. Uh, so he implied that everybody said that uh, when Kane was in high school, he was going out with a cheerleader named Katie Vick, and then they got into a car accident on the way to prom and she died, and then Kane had sex with her dead body. Oof. Um. What Which, I mean, in addition to the, the immediate, let's also take a minute to appreciate that Cain is a weird, burned monster whose <laughs> brother is an undead wizard, and we've just found out that he goes to high school and dated a cheerleader. <laughs> on top of everything else. But probably the, the rape thing is a thing that you're going to be, the necrophilia is a thing that you're going to be interested in. Uh, there was. Well, I mean. <laughs>
2: there's several things I'm interested in.
0: <laughs> not, not only did Triple H say that that had happened, but he then said that he had a video of it. And then they cut away <laughs> to a video of Triple H in a very bad cane costume uh, having. Uh, molesting a, uh, a, a blow up doll in a casket. God, there's a. <laughs> they broadcast this on television. <laughs> Speaking of things that they uh, broadcast on
2: television, while we were talking about uh, the the oh fuck, I just blanked on their name. The team New Deal, new uh, uh, New Day, New Day, yeah, New deal, deal is a different thing. <laughs> the New Day, you're in a
0: backup feature, which has art by Gilroy, right? Whatever, yeah, the shoe guy.
2: Yeah, that yeah, he's yeah. really awesome. Um,
0: uh, I'm sure that those were, those backup features were hot fucking
2: nonsense to R. <laughs> I have uh, I I, stopped, I skipped. Sure. <laughs> I skipped
1: them. It's, I started skipping them. I was like, well, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. I'm done. They're like
2: Watchmen, uh, Jungle Comics, Kinda or the Pirate Comics. But the, uh, the new day where what happened when the WWE
0: said uh, we have three black people on our roster that we're not doing anything. Let's, let's put them in a group and make them the villains <laughs> because we're the WWE. <laughs> we have a history of this shit. Uh, and they were supposed to be the ministers of positivity who would then cheat to win. Yeah. But the fans fucking loved them so much because the performers, uh, Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and Big E, were fucking amazing people. Mm. Uh, and they they sold their they leaned into their gimmicks so fucking hard. And they became blo- a beloved face stable on the basically the strength of their willing to be outrageous and weird. And the thing that I like most about them is when I used to go to the comic store... I used to have a t-shirt of theirs. It was them riding a unicorn. When, uh, when the person familiar. who used to own it worked there. And he would always ask me what it was. And I would never tell him. <laughs> so that person, if you're listening and you know who you are, that was a New Day shirt.
3: <laughs>
0: there's, uh, I spent years not telling you that.
1: He's, he's not listening. Uh, he's not. He'll never know.
2: Uh, there's also a very famous uh, clip of Vince McMahon calling... Uh, John Cena, the uh, the N word, yep, as in what up my N word, uh, which John. It seems like he's just saying it to John Cena. They dap each other real quick, uh, and then he walks very plainly by uh, Booker T, uh, who is very clearly like directly next to them within earshot and uh, asks, "Did he just say that?" And I was uh, scrolling through the comments to try to figure out what the <laughs> what the lead up for that skit was, and it's one of those like. Reference of a reference of something that happened like forever ago, but still, uh, it, I almost don't think that is as bad though as implying that somebody in high school had sex with a dead girl and then showing fake footage of you reenacting that. Mm-hmm. No, that's in my opinion the most
0: offensive wrestling angle ever. I don't, and you know, people are like, Who was it? Who cares if it's offensive? Who was entertained by that,
2: right? Yeah, like
0: who was tuning into wrestling saying, Man, I hope I get to watch a man pretend to rape a corpse today. <laughs> It's not good.
2: Yeah.
3: There's
2: there <laughs> is no lots purpose. of other hilariously like over-the-top like mellow dramatic stuff in uh in WW, I mean, which is why it has such a cult like following for it.
0: Yeah, Triple H did a lot of rapes. He raped Stephanie McMahon, except he uh, didn't because she was in on it the whole time. It's so funny but. to me
2: too, cause like in my head, the closest fan following that you can make a comparison to for wrestling people. Is anime people mm-hmm. in which that if you are for both for both of these things, if you are a fan of it, you are you have like we you stars. have DVDs of it, you have <laughs> posters of it, you have T-shirts of it. You talk to every fucking person you know about it, and everybody around you knows you as the anime slash the wrestling person. And most of the time, there's an overlap too. And, and you can talk a fan language that yeah. definitely is inscrutable to the outside. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent.
0: One more wrestling storyline anecdote. Since you mentioned Booker T, like it is bad that Vince McMahon felt like he would say the N-word in front of uh, Booker T. But it's not entirely unexpected because Booker T was in a plot line with Triple H once. he said, Duh. In which Triple H said <laughs> that, he couldn't, that Booker T couldn't beat him for the championship because people like him didn't get championships because of their nappy hair. And then Triple H won. One clean. Whew. He won clean, as if to
2: imply that Booger T was, in fact, inferior to him. Yeah. It's almost as if that's still an a issue today. A lot of people did s- like that. Where schools uh, <laughs> won't let uh, their uh, black uh, students graduate with dreadlocks in their hair because they uh, yeah. identify it as some sort of uh, uncleanliness thing, which is insane that that still happens today. 2020. That is still happening. It does matter if a fucking student's
0: hair is clean. And it definitely it's not matter in high a lot of Dumb shit, like, who fucking cares? It's They're leaving your high school. Have them put right. on a robe and give them a piece of paper.
2: <laughs> Off to the mills with you.
0: Oh, no. Anyway, uh, I guess we should talk about whether we liked this book since we haven't done that. Oh,
2: fuck. I mean, um, yeah.
0: I, I enjoyed this book. I, I think it's fun. I think I like the idea of a comic that fills in those gaps.
2: Yeah, I, uh, uh really really great like lends itself to the comic genre very very well or at least this adaptation like what you were talking about like the noir thing are those also comics
1: yeah yeah i could if we if we did something they were god awful yeah if we did something like
2: that i'm sure we would have fun like shredding the shit out of it but like (laughs) i have nothing i have nothing bad to say about these if you like wrestling they're cool and if you don't like still a really good comic book objectively.
0: I think Laura liked the Magic God which one better than I did, but not yeah.
1: much. <laughs> the uh, these comics were, were fine. I, I felt like I was coming in the middle of something. Um yeah. Yeah. I was wondering
0: I, if you'd feel that
1: way. And I and, and, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't bad because I've done that with comics before. I'm I'm used to that feeling sometimes where I'm just like, okay, well, I guess the you know, the 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 you know the the big green smash man is a is an immortal <laughs> god now or something. You know, like, uh, so I'm
2: missing something, but I don't feel like we're ever going to circle around and figure out what. <laughs> and, and indeed, you won't. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, but the, the, they uh, like like Cody said they're ob- they're objectively good comics. I mean, it was just uh, they.
0: Uh, I'm a big fan of Dennis Hopeless.
1: You you uh, you certainly would like them better if you were uh, if you were into it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I expected that would probably be the case. <laughs> yeah. um, like the the fall of liking these is exactly as I expected. Yeah. <laughs> <And> the <laughs> other
1: thing the other thing uh, which may come as a shock to you uh, I, I didn't care that it changed storylines like that we did that one thing for four mm-hmm. issues and then like I guess we were just on to something else the next four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, his... I, I don't. Okay, I, I thought that was yeah. good too as well. I, am not. Super uh, surprised. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm
0: just curious why you thought I would be surprised.
1: The no surprise that I didn't care for oh, that. You're surprised. Yeah. Oh okay. I gotta give uh, you. A li- I gotta give you a little surprise. Makes like, sense in the wrestling. <laughs> in format, the I left it on your doorstep ones... last night. Yeah, I was going say,
2: in <laughs> addition
0: to the ones you always leave in front of my fucking door
1: every. <laughs>
2: Biscuit liked it. When when Aura's sick, I live close enough, so uh, I do it for him. Like you see,
0: you see both of the things, 19. and you're like, you know, there was the cutting and the coming, but maybe it's both <laughs> together. You never know. Because oh, well,
2: they're mixed up. I yeah, uh, I was as worse as we could have.
1: I was talking about the flaming bag of poo. I don't know who was doing that other shit on your. <laughs> oh whole staff. okay.
2: <laughs> you that's, live in a scary neighborhood, Josh. That's poo. I thought that was brownies. Listen, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs fans, they're they're intense this this time of year. And and who knows? See a doctor. <laughs> are you gonna make
0: a Are
1: you gonna make a joke about who wins or loses the Super Bowl that won't age well? Because we have a history of that on this podcast. Oh God! you're thinking
0: of elections.
1: <laughs> yes. It can work for sporting events too. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: this uh, this episode will will air very soon too. So now is when I can uh, look at the timestamp and say with with absolute certainty that the team that won the Super Bowl for the year 2020 is the Chiefs. And now I'm writing it. Congratulations to the Chiefs for winning. <laughs>
1: How about that halftime show, though? That was.
2: That I couldn't was... believe there was another nudity slip in a halftime show at a football game. That's I can't believe making... there was another light issue in the halftime show at a football game. <laughs> I can't believe there was another extremely disappointing halftime show at a football game. I can't believe those the those race little... war kicked off at
0: the halftime show at the Super Bowl game.
1: What the hell is going on with you look, this us, episode? The, the odds
0: are... aren't high, but if that happens, <laughs> we will look like geniuses.
1: Jeez.
2: That is very true.
1: Oh, wee. (laughs) I'm
2: standing over (laughs) here. (laughs) I can't believe I ate all of the buffalo dip during the halftime at the football game. So you don't even need the the time code for that, because that's just happening. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just stating that as a fact. (laughs) Haley's making it right now. Alright, so we want to talk about Price?
1: Price!
0: Uh, The comic book story of professional wrestling, which is a clunky title. yeah. (laughs) It's called call it The Story of Professional Wrestling. I can tell that it's a comic book when I find it out. Anyway. Or The
2: Illustrated, the history, illustrated of history of Wrestling. Yeah. Too well, many again, words. Being,
1: being published by Ten Speed Press, they might have to preface that.
2: Mm.
0: And just just too many words. Find something better, graphic. guys. I'm not a the fucking publisher. history of <laughs>
1: professional wrestling. Yeah. Work.
0: Uh, this is 1899 U.S. Uh, which I think is a good price for the size, honestly. Uh it's It does big. have issues, as we, we talked about, with if you're not a, a, a fan already, it's probably going to be a bit tough to get into, but regardless of what Kirkman says, because that guy's weird. Um, <laughs> Space but. Spore.
2: Space Spore? Space Spore. Care to he uh, said, elaborate?
1: He, he said in an interview what caused the, the zombie apocalypse.
2: Oh, relives. that's, that's right.
1: right. Space Spore.
0: That's right, because it was aliens. Uh, it's an Alien books all along. Oh, uh, God. Eighteen ninety nine is a decent price for a 180 pages of fairly dense comic that will take you a, a, a chunk to get through. It's,
2: it's a good gift for the I, wrestling fan in your life. I would it's,
1: usually do this kind of thing in one sitting. It, it did take me, I think, three.
0: It is a, it was definitely... When I first read Watchmen... I was, I was used to reading other comic books that were a bit breezier, shall we say. And I definitely, I think it was on a New Year's, I, I spent like fucking hours slogging through that fucking book.
3: <laughs>
0: and there's there's some of that. It's just, it's really dense. Like Joe Sacco dense. That's the reference we talked about yes. that we never made is Joe yeah. Sacco.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a lot of text in that comic book. Yeah. A lot of reading.
0: Uh, the WWE, I have in issues. I don't know off the top of my head what the price is. Let me look up just what Sorry. the average. But it uh, is. I know it is an eight issue trade. I'm not sure if the zero issue is in it. Ah. Uh,
1: I don't uh, one hundred percent believe so because I think that was published in a different trade paperback where they published they, a bunch of the one shots. Okay. Um,
0: and I'm wondering if they included the back matter because these all we didn't talk about it a whole lot, but there are a bunch of back I don't matter. Have the answer to like. Like one or two page things about different different uh, WWE characters. Uh, that was, was where the running New Day one was with uh, Rob Gilroy.
2: You need bailed out here, buddy? No, it looks like the uh, the volume one for Then Now Forever is uh, 16 dollars For an
0: eight issue, that's actually not terrible.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know if it's eight issues. It oh. is, I checked it. Okay.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's uh 128 pages I think there's no way that's eight issues that would be four issues probably hmm uh yeah I think volume because I
0: thought I looked up the first volume and then it said that it was an eight issue that's why I had us read all yeah day.
2: eight I mean it, it seemed like a good comparative amount for the the other book that we read yeah uh, God, I can't find the listing of, like, which issues they are They never here. tell you that stuff. That's so stupid. Well, if,
0: if it is four issues for 16 I don't know. That's not great.
2: Um, y- Get
0: a discount on that.
2: Apple Books has it at uh thirteen ninety nine.
0: That's closer to reasonable for a four issue. Oh, that's, but, like, volume but, three.
1: But go to your goddamn comic book store. Also, these were available on Hoopla. Unfortunately, both me and Cody could not access that. <laughs> yeah, because, I Hoopla uh, issue. for
0: Hoopla. You know why. <laughs>
1: Look, <laughs> they wanted that show.
2: Boom publishes a lot of other comics too, and uh
0: They tend to no. be a little pricey in my experience in their trades. Not not Marvel, but
2: yeah. a bit pricey. God. A bit pricey is one thing. Marvel fucking scalping you for like three issues worth of content is. There's four is issues is of Howard the Duck for twenty five bucks. Oh my god. Take it in the take it in the Cloaca, Dude, and the, the other thing that's weird is when they will just that's sort of print. Guy, I don't think. <laughs> they'll just, the only option you will have to buy something is a hardcover version. And so they up it. We were looking at something this week that they upped like. DC. Oh, it was a DC book that was only DC's available. picking
1: in, up Marvel's Bad Habits. Oh, hardcover really only,
2: $8 up. It oh was, it's,
1: a, it's a 96-page it's a uh, hardcover uh, of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, like just a, a coda to the uh, to the television crossover, uh, hardcover for I think it was twenty four ninety nine.
2: Twenty four ninety nine, or you could buy the two individual issues for four ninety nine apiece. I don't mind that as much, and I'll tell you why.
0: Because oh it's a fucking boy, here spinoff. It comes. It's a spinoff of a TV series, and that shit's always terrible anyway.
2: <laughs> was that. what it, was? Is it? Am I wrong? It was a co. <laughs> oh, I thought it. I thought it was the thing that it had stuff from like the original Crisis.
1: Like. Well, that the I'm, the, the individual size, issues do because they're the yeah. hundred page giants. Was yeah.
0: that? Okay, I was gonna say I didn't think that would be the because Crisis is a.
2: Big, yeah, that's a, these I are collected prices. So the the individual idea. issues for the things that we're talking about are definitely a steal. The like four ninety nine hundred 100 page things are awesome. Oh man,
1: I I love those and and it looks like they're starting to catch by the way cuz we're yeah. selling more of them so. Yeah. I mean,
0: my thing about DC has always been that their price points are varied. Like they sell to different price points. They'll sell you like a really pricey fucking absolute edition and they'll sell you like a a giant compendium for cheap with terrible binding. Yeah, you know. God.
1: I was bragging about your Sandmans earlier this week. Somebody came in the store and I don't know, they, they were bragging about it. their Sandmans, and I was like, "Oh, you should see the ones I my buddy has."
0: Oh, does he? Did, did the other guy have the hardcover ones? Her, her, did she? Yes. Does she have, do you have a phone number?
3: <laughs>
0: oh, no, <and> Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Facebook uh, recommended me. <laughs> Half-joking. Yeah. So, they <laughs> did you put on a third
1: of those, but it's just the... Presumably her husband would be mad if you call her.
2: <laughs> oh no, my relationship is being troubled by another comic book nerd. <laughs> no, please, don't. Don't take my wife. Take my wife. I and
0: mean, as listeners to the old show know, the reason I got into comic books was to impress a chick by reading Sandman. So
3: that's
2: true. <laughs> see, that's that is the perfect comic book to read to impress somebody else. It's it's like it's like when you're in college, you're like, oh, I'm reading Vonnegut because I see the girl two desks over also reading Vonnegut. Oh, absolutely, Kafka or whatever. Uh, Sylvia Just. Plath. In the <laughs> Infinite Jest, that was the one I couldn't think of. Oof. That's so funny. Sylvia Plath. I've seen so many people. And Rand, if it's a terrible girl,
0: he's reading <laughs> And
2: Rand. It's not worth it, guys. <laughs> and Rand, her backpack is literally spilling out with the uh, uh, 360 copies of Bioshock.
1: So here, let me let me bring it full circle for you here a little bit. You mentioned Ann Rand, the the writer on the professional wrestling. Uh, remind me his name. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: Aubrey Sitterson.
1: Aubrey Siderson. I was trying to figure out if he was from Britain for you. It's a girl. No, no.
0: It not? It's a dude. I it's thought dude. you showed me a picture.
2: Nope. Never mind, I'm dude. thinking of something else. It's, it's, a, the it's back a
0: bearded
1: man
2: male. with long hair. Ah. He has male pronouns in the... Yeah. Yeah, might so.
1: be. Uh, uh, I, I googled real fast, like, Aubrey Sidderson and tried to figure out, like, what was going on. Um, if, 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 if he was, in fact, British. The first, like, uh, you know, the first page of stories, one of the things that's mentioned is Uh, A story from uh, one of the comic book news sites where Aubrey Siberson attacks um, Steve Ditko for being an objectivist. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Bringing it full circle for you. That's funny.
0: Little known fact objectivists always do weird shit with their
1: hands. Is that right? Yeah. Uh,
0: They're well known for it.
1: Yeah. Like, well, you had enough for one episode.
0: You, you can tell he's British because he's a dude named Aubrey. If <laughs> so you're, yeah. you're not British and you have a, are a dude well, and you're named Aubrey, you've... you are getting your ass kicked. Hey,
1: look, we have a <laughs> European listener base. I would. We, I, do. we
0: We have several Italian listeners. We have. We have. We have two uh, based on based on our uh, country uh, demographics on the on the bottom of our metrics page. We have uh, two European countries. Nice. Yes. Yeah. That,
1: that Ireland and Italy. Yep. Um, so, Used to so, have South Africa. Yeah, I don't know what happened to our South African I, listener. I think they thought probably, that, probably something, that you <laughs> yeah, probably something you said about Nelson Mandela, I bet.
0: Um. There, there are uh, South African listeners that really are in Rhodesia, I think.
1: God. All right, that's enough of this. If you want to find all of our podcasts, you can go to that podcast productions @fireside.fm. Hey, if you like listening through uh, Podcatchers, uh, we're we're there too. Go go pick your favorite Podcatcher. Just search that podcast productions. Will come up certainly at some point, right? Yeah, like Stitcher, two or three iTunes, pages in or Google whatever. Play. I
0: don't know, a couple others. I've never probably. tested it, I don't
1: know. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter at Twitter. You can find us
2: <laughs> uh, uh, That's that's, that's <laughs> The, you can find us at Twitter at on Twitter at Twitter or find us at Instagram at Instagram is our new dingy apartment.
1: No, I mean there are. I still mentioned the dingy apartment specifically <laughs> in one of the scripts, but uh, but uh, but yes, uh, there's there's an there's a Twitter and an Instagram. Uh, both of them slash that, or actually, no, yours is different. Uh, the Instagram is slash that podcast productions.
2: Uh, the Twitter is nope.
1: I fucked it up. That podcast productions. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was that podcast productions. Go
2: you, ahead. You, you can find the Twitter at that productions or just that is our at.
1: If you have anything you want to email us about, that at gmail.com.
0: And our social media is as well curated as those careful introductions would uh, lead you to believe.
1: I don't have the script in front of me now. I've, I've, I've been spoiled by the script. I know. I used to, I I used to have this memorized. The, the
0: one show we make efforts on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, mean,
2: we read things for this show. <laughs> what's coming up next time, buddy?
0: Uh, speaking of the show we make an effort on, that podcast Stays Up All Night is the podcast where we go Stay through up the up all movies night. of <laughs> USA Up All Night. Uh I don't know, they're bad movies. This this time the bad movie is
1: They're not bad movies. Uh, they're bad. This is the Hill You're Gonna
0: <laughs> uh. No nope, nope,
1: never mind. Backing <laughs> off the gas.
0: I was like This is your Gettysburg. I,
1: I was trying to think of a good one and I can't. Um <laughs> Oh, PCU. There are there, I don't think PCU was on that. Never mind. There
0: there are good movies that are yeah. on up all night. Eventually
1: we'll dig to that gold. But, but there's a lot of Snapdragon between here and there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Eating Raoul is a very good movie. Um, also a very weird one. So uh, oh. for that show, we're oh, going the to the worst a one yet.
1: Right? Eating Raoul? No no, 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 upcoming.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna watch what may be one of the worst ones yet. I don't know. Or has watched it? Is it the worst one yet? I haven't
1: watched it actually. Oh, you yeah, haven't it's watched, watched it. it? I I have it. It's on my pile. You have it? I assault, have it. Assault of the you Killer give... Bimbos? Oh, oh you Killer Bimbos. I thought you were talking about Cemetery High. Yeah, no, uh, that'll not. be the next <laughs> the kind of worst, yeah, quite possibly.
0: Have you, have you watched it yet? Is it, worst? Is I, it's, it the worst? Uh,
1: assault of the Killer Bimbos is, is spoiler alert, just fine. <laughs> I, would,
0: I would, you know, again, spoiler for our, for listeners that bother to listen this far. Yeah, it's... About as good as any of the other shit. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's a real mediocre flick. It's a it's a, it's a film that'll have, that'll leave you saying, eh.
1: <laughs> "I think there was some Tarantino, like some influence on Tarantino." I could easily. I'm gonna Whoa, float. That I'm, gonna a fl- fascinating I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna float that boat <laughs> when we do that episode, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. We're not going to elaborate
0: on that here because I. That's that is fucking selling you the sizzle right there. <laughs> I'm getting an <laughs> erection right
2: now just thinking about feet.
1: <laughs> no, not the feet thing. Oh, <laughs> no! he I mean, was listening to the
2: conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No,
0: I mean he's he's big on the feet. But, but.
1: Yeah, he's just he was just not announcing. Cody Tarantino. I mean, yes. Cody might be too. No, but. Cody Cody
2: is an anti-Tarantino when it comes to feet. Get feet are gross. put them put some socks and shoes on those motherfuckers. Good God,
0: you, you you refuse to have sex with anybody not wearing like boots. Yeah, hide as much
2: as possible. I like thigh high stockings, not because I think they're sexy; they just cover more material.
1: How do you feel about sock garters?
2: A sock garter. All right. Talking about like the little castanza ones, or talking, like
1: talking about like you know our, our red tube live like, feed, <laughs> <like> t- <laughs> and, and talking about
2: like some Mad Men men, like sock and garters. the merch page where we have the, that podcast sock garters. Oh I mean, yes,
1: yes, the merch
2: page. Throw an extra dollar fifty towards our uh, Patreon, though <laughs> <laughs> they will come pre-worn <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> for an extra. No, just for an extra twenty, no, stop, for, for an extra 20 on to... top
2: of that fifty. You can specify which host you would like to wear <laughs> for how long. <laughs> Oh no no no
1: no! <laughs> It'll be biscuit. Um, <laughs> he's running around here with a sock on his head, all pissed off.
0: I sold from the killer bimbos. It's part of a special two part. They, they were both. There's a complicated story behind it, and we'll get into it on that episode. It will be interesting, I promise you. If you're into weird B movie shit and yeah. odd trivia. Uh, after that, we're going to do a further ado related to this wrestling thing. And I was actually going to pitch on air, yep. you guys, because we were going to do Beyond the Mat, which is a very serious, kind of sad documentary about what pro Surf. wrestling is like. Uh, since Cody brought it up, would you guys rather do uh, Ready to Rumble? Oh,
2: shit. Okay, I would not down.
0: this down a note. I would be. Down I can for tell you, that. beyond the mat, is a fucking down note. <laughs> I,
1: have, I have no particular feelings about either of these things, so I will defer to whatever Cody
2: decides. We we might uh, talk about this like afterwards for a potential production meeting, but I also had maybe an idea of uh, bringing in Xbox or something in and playing like the newest WW game.
0: Let's uh, let's talk about that after because there's gotcha. something else that we want to talk about in part of the fact. Sure.
2: Well, uh, you'll, you'll know sooner
0: or later. Step, 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 but, we, step, step. but we have to decide what we're going to do for the further ado so we can announce it. Oh,
1: I'm We're I'm at down the announce ready. table right now. Let's we're do not do... the production meeting table. <laughs> Let's <laughs> do Ready
2: to Rumble. I want to hear uh, uh, Lit's uh, hit single again. Yes, I actually,
0: as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, man, we should do that movie because it's... So fucking glorious! I cannot wait to
2: make jokes about sticking fingers <laughs> up butts again.
0: Also, I, I imagine you guys at the store have a billion fucking copies. That we can get I don't think heavy. we do. You Don't
2: I? Don't, don't wow. think so. Otherwise, I definitely would sell that one to people because I fucking love that movie. All right. Well, we'll, we'll dig up copies.
0: I can't imagine yeah. it's that hard. All right. So uh, until next time, I until guess. Until
1: next time.
2: What a uh, snap get into you, a slim brother.
1: gym. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I got. I got a slap. A snap into a slim gym.
1: He is dead.
2: <laughs> you know they say Macho oh, Man took, took the bullet for humanity cuz he died on the on one of those like Nos Not Nosferatu. What's the uh, He's killed by a vampire? No, 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 hold on. Okay. Who's the dude who used to constantly like claim he knew the date of the end of the world?
0: Uh Nostradamus. Nostradamus.
2: The day that Macho Man died was on one of those days that Nostradamus, like, had predicted the end of the world. So there's some people that like say that Macho Man, like, did the Slim Jim thing and teleported the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse to a ring and is still fighting them there today. To me, that sounds like that.
1: Russian cult that worships the the girl from Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Oh, did you look Gadget? You- no, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Did, did oh, you no. hear about this? No. There's a cult that worships Gadget from, <laughs> and I and I looked it up because I was like, "There's no way this is serious." Turns out, like, they're like th- these people are as dead serious as anybody on the internet is about <laughs> anything. Like, wow. Uh, that this mm? is wow. yeah.
0: And I hate to interrupt that awesome story, but I did want to say the Nosferatu thing would make sense because there have been several wrestling
1: vampires. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this is some, some B-roll was, credit for oh the people God. who listen late. <laughs> there,
0: was, there was Gangrel, who was uh, a licensed property from, from White Wolf, uh-huh. and, and who later, after he left the WWE, would uh-huh. work as uh, the Vampire Warrior. Oh, yeah? Uh, he also had a whole team called The Brood, uh-huh. uh, which included... Edge and Christian, who were basically initially implied to be vampires, but would later be said that they just they were brothers who had a gothic lifestyle. They're just, oh. and then later they became just sort of bros <laughs> that hung out and high fived each other. That's what uh, you do with your bro. There's yeah. also Vampiro, but I'm not sure if yeah. he was a vampire or if he just liked the vampire name. Okay. I think you should fade it down while I'm doing that yeah, part at right. some point, and just let it sort of. <laughs> all all of this is going to be post. This
2: is all post outro anyway. So exactly Fair what you enough. said. You could, if you've turned it off, like you're only cucking yourself out of this amazing <laughs> content. Let's talk more about gadget. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to hear more about the gadget, called I just wanted to
0: get the wrestling vampires. <laughs>